0: Hey, what's up, Mets fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Mets Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Cutajar, and I can't wait to get back into talking about the New York Mets. So, welcome back to another series recap and review episode. Yesterday, the Mets finished off a three-game series up against the San Francisco Giants where they lost two out of three for a very, very tough series loss. This series saw the Bats get incredibly hot with an insane comeback in Game 2, but also one of the toughest losses of the season. It, it was a really incredible game and, and I'm going to get into it in this episode about how awesome it was to see this team fight but the fact that they lost the game was heartbreaking. In the first half, I'm going to break down each game, looking at the pitching and hitting performances as usual, and then in the second half, I want to dive into Francisco Lindor, who has been so hot with the bat recently, and also the Mets offense as a whole, and then going over just the the incredible fight we've seen from this team in this series and really on this whole season. So, very excited to get into it, so let's get started. Starting with Game 1, the Mets won this game 13 to 3 an awesome win an awesome showing of the offense but also from the pitching staff so on the mound for the Mets was David Peterson he went six innings gave up three hits two runs two earned runs one walk he had six strikeouts he was outstanding the only runs that he gave up in this game came in the second inning and that was when after a double he gave up a two-run homer to Brandon Crawford after that, though, the only other real trouble he had was in the third inning, and he got out of a jam there pretty phenomenally. He he had a, a walk and then a hit-by-pitch, so there were runners on first and second, but then immediately got a double play and a strikeout to get out of the inning unscathed, and after that hit-by-pitch, he retired the next 11 batters he faced. And that would do it for his entire outing, 11 straight guys retired in a row just a really awesome job by Peterson who was coming up filling in he's looked really really solid this season so it was awesome to see him perform like that in this game after Peterson Colin Holderman came in for two innings he gave up a hit but had two strikeouts he got Seemed to get injured on his first pitch, but but fought through it, so a great job from him. And then Chasen Shreve came in, in the ninth inning. At this point, the Mets were up 13-2, to so it was a, a massive blowout. He pitched an inning, he gave up three hits, and had a run and an earned run, which was a little unfortunate, you know, given the, the blowout nature, but... You know, still no walks from him, got out of the inning, finished up the game for the Mets. Overall, a great job by this pitching staff holding the Giants to three runs. But the name of this game, the story of this game was the Mets offense, who were outstanding. It's going to be kind of hard for me to go into, you know, all of the top performers because, frankly, everyone was a top performer in this game. Every single batter in the Mets starting lineup had a hit in this game. They had 18 total and, you know, like I said, 13 runs. The, the biggest performers in this game were, would definitely be Pete Alonso, who went three for five. He had three runs batted in off of a, a three-run homer, and J.D. Davis went, went four for five, and you know, before the game, it was reported how he had taken, you know, hundreds of hacks in the in the batting cage and had been working really hard to get back on it. And as we know, he's been hitting the ball so hard recently. It's just not been, you know, the results haven't been there. He's been very unlucky and just hasn't really kind of clicked yet for him. But in this game, he went off with four hits two runs batted in, just a really awesome job by him, you know, down at the bottom of the order too to just be producing. Uh, four different guys had two hits, and, you know, Jeff McNeil and Mark Hanna went back-to-back in the eighth inning when the Mets put four runs on, kind of blew the game out a little bit at that point, and, you know, it was, it was exciting. It was fun to see this team hit. It was fun to see them, you know, as a team collectively having fun out there they were dancing they were having a good time and they scored a ton of runs and the offense looked really good so that was something i really enjoyed watching and and the mets won 13 to 3 in game one so moving on to game two in this series this was the the crusher i guess as i was talking a little bit about in the opening Starting with looking at the pitching, as usual, on the mound was Chris Bassett, and you know, he just really had a rough start, it it happens, and funnily enough, or or I guess not really funnily enough, but his other, you know, bad start, I guess, this season was against the Giants, so clearly the Giants have his number, which makes sense, that him being on the A's, it was, you know, sort of across the bay, I think those teams play each other every year, so... Giants are familiar with him, but yeah, he definitely got crushed in this game. He went 4.1 innings, he gave up 8 hits, 8 runs, 8 earned runs, 3 walks, only 4 strikeouts, and he had... Given up three home runs in this game. Two of them, though, were to Jock Peterson, who in this series was just on fire. You know, in the beginning, it didn't look too bad with with Bassett. You know, gave up a run on a, on a ground out, got out of a jam early in the first inning, only giving up a run when it definitely looked like more were on the table. But then a two-run homer to Peterson, a three-run homer to Tommy LaStella, and then another two-run homer to Jock Peterson in the 5th inning tacked on an extra 7 runs just from those 3 homers so you know definitely not Bassett's best start but you know I'm confident that he he will be able to bounce back from this he he had after the other Giants start where he he really got beat up on. But this was definitely not great, you know, honestly, from the entire pitching staff. This just wasn't a great game. Steven Nagosik came in, though, and he looked really good. He went two and two-thirds innings, only gave up two hits, no runs, no earned runs. He had a walk and four strikeouts, so a great job in long relief there. And then from there, this is where the, the bullpen got shaky and it started with drew smith he came in for two-thirds of an inning he gave up two hits three runs three earned runs one walk one strikeout and those runs that he gave up those three runs came on another jock peterson home run he hit three in this game and absolutely torched the mets um wasn't a great performance from him after smith Joey rodriguez came in and he didn't look great he didn't get any outs and gave up three hits no earned runs runs no runs earned runs walks or strikeouts but gave up three hits without getting an out adam Adivino came in and got that one out that he needed in the inning that started with smith on a strikeout and then diaz came in Got two outs early on a on a double play, but he could not complete the save. He blew the save in this game, gave up four hits, two runs, two earned runs, one walk, no strikeouts. Just wasn't his day on the mound. I, he took accountability after the game, but, you know, I'm about to get into the offense. It was definitely one where you really, really wanted him to get that save. Offensively, this team, you know, the Mets looked really, really good in this game. Again, they hit 18 hits. And they scored 12 runs in this game. You know, that's 25 runs in these two the first two games against the Giants. Yet again, basically everyone on the offense was contributing. Only two starters in this game didn't have a hit. And it was Pete Alonso, who did drive in a run on a sack fly, and Patrick Mazika. The the big bats in this game, though, were Starling Marte, who went three for six, Jeff McNeil, who went three for four. Eduardo Escobar, who went four for five, and then the biggest bat in this game, you know, saving the best for last, was Francisco Lindor. He went two for four. He had six RBI in this game. He went off and was incredibly clutch. In this game the Mets came back down 8 to 2 in the 6th inning. They were down 8 to 2 in the 6th inning. Francisco Lindor hit a 2-run homer in the 7th inning and then the Mets had a wild 8th inning. It was reminiscent of the the inning of uh, against the Phillies where they came back from down 7 to 1. The eighth inning began with a McNeil single, then an Escobar single, then a Canna infield single to load the bases. Dom singled into right, which scored two runs. And then after a Giorme fielder's choice and a Nimmo infield single to load the bases yet again, Marte hit an infield single, which scored a run. And then Francisco Lindor again, as I said, had a huge game, came up with a three-run go-ahead triple that put the Mets up 10-8. to They were down 8-7 to at that point before his triple. A huge clutch hit from him. Pete Alonso then drove in Lindor with a sack fly, and the Mets were suddenly up 11-8. As I talked about, the Drew Smith was not able to hold that lead with the Jock Peterson three-run homer, but the Mets weren't done there. They came back again Dom tripled to lead off the inning in the ninth, and then two batters later, Nimmo hit a sack fly to drive in Jankowski, who was pinch running for Dom, and the Mets took a 12-11 lead, but again, as I said, the Mets weren't able to hold that lead, and and unfortunately, a two-out rally from San Francisco locked it up for the Giants, and the Mets weren't able to win this game, it was crushing, it was you know, really, really hard, you know, to see him come back and not take this game. But I'm going to talk more in the second half about why as as horrible as this loss was, and I know there were, were questions about should Buck Walter have gone to Joeli Rodriguez against Jock Peterson since Peterson doesn't really hit lefties in that eighth inning instead of having Smith face him. And, you know, I, that's, a, that's a good point. You know, that's a valid point, but... You know, they they had chances, even though they blew it there, they still came back and they just couldn't lock it up. It it was a very exciting game. If you're a baseball fan, I will say this was you know, I I was seeing online people saying this was one of the best, if not the best game of the year so far, but it stinks to be on the losing end of the game of the year, especially when, you know, the Mets put together such a, a insane comeback in the eighth inning yet again, but you know, I'm going to talk more about this game, though, in the second half, but I want to turn now to the third game, which was not good. <laughs> this was not a good game at all, and it, it started really in the first inning and second inning, and that was sort of it. The Mets just got off to a bad start, and that was it. It started with Thomas Sipaki, who was making his first major league start, and he got rocked. I mean, there's no other way to put it. He got rocked. He pitched one in the third innings, gave up Seven hits, nine runs, nine earned runs, three walks, two strikeouts, and gave up four homers. He only pitched into the second inning and was only able to get one out in that second inning. And he just, I mean, he got shelled by the Giants. They were looking really good. And Zapaki overall, just a really, really bad start for him, which was unfortunate since it was his first start ever. But I do want to say that the pitching staff after Zapaki was phenomenal i mean they were lights out williams trevor williams came in in long relief he went three and two-thirds innings he only gave up one hit no runs no earned runs two walks he had five strikeouts he looked outstanding colin holderman was in next and he has been great since coming up about a week and a half ago or so 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 good he went one inning no hits runs earned runs walks and he had two strikeouts Jason Shreve had a nice bounce back outing he went an inning with no hits runs earned runs walks and he didn't have any strikeouts but again just nice to see him bouncing back and then Seth Lugo finished off the game he went an inning with no hits runs earned runs walks and he had a strikeout after Zapucky left with one out in the second inning, the Mets' bullpen allowed only three other base runners from the Giants, and it was Williams who had a really great start. It was just the one hit and the two walks. Holderman, Shreve, and Lugo, none of them let on any runners, and you know Williams was outstanding as well, even though he did let on a couple guys on. He, he got... Guys out when he he let them on in the fifth inning when he did get into some slight trouble with two on and no out he got a strikeout and then a double play so minimizing damage and you know as bad as this game looks you know just from the straight up score of nine to three and as bad as the pucky start was the bullpen was outstanding so credit to them and then on the on the offensive side. Not uh, an amazing start, there was no crazy comeback, but Francisco Lindor was the player of this game, stayed hot, and he went two for four and drove in a run with another home run in this game, a, as a solo shot that came in the sixth inning. Just a really nice job by him to stay hot, and unfortunately though for the Mets, this was just not their game, and you know started off pretty poorly very early on. So now that I've gone over the three games in this series, I'm going to take a quick break, and when I get back, I'm going to dive into Francisco Lindor, the Mets offense, and the energy that we're seeing from this Mets team. All right, and welcome back. So now that I've gone over the three games, I really want to dive into a couple of really interesting topics that I think we can pull from this series, specifically Francisco Lindor and the Mets offense. They kind of go hand-in-hand, hand, as well as, which also goes hand-in-hand-in-hand in hand in hand with this team. And that's the fight that they've shown in you know, in this series specifically, but in basically every series and every game they've played this season, starting with Lindor. In this series, he went off. He went five for 14 with two home runs and nine runs batted in. I obviously went over that game that he had in game two, you know, going two for four with with six runs batted in. Just a, an amazing game. Unfortunately, it didn't translate into a team win but I mean without his performance without his homer in the seventh inning and his triple in the eighth inning the Mets are nowhere close to being in that game and you know I think that his recent minor slump that he went through to start May has really overshadowed what an insane type of season he's having according to Michael Mayer of Metsmrise Francisco Lindor's ranks Among MLB shortstops, he's first in runs with 31. He's second in RBI and in walk percentage. He has 33 runs batted in, as well as a 10.2 walk percentage, which is really good. And that was something that while he was slumping, you know, you could see he was still taking good at bats. You know, and I use slump very loosely because it was just that he wasn't getting the production that, you know, we saw from Lindor in April, and that you know you hope to see from Lindor. He was still hitting the ball super hard, and and you know just getting a little unlucky. Um He's fourth in F WAR with a uh, 1.6 F WAR, which is which is awesome. And then he's fifth among MLB shortstops in WRC plus, and he has a 126 WRC plus, which is just amazing. You know these numbers and these ranks are comparing him to other shortstops but to me like I don't care about his how he's compared to other MLB shortstops I I just care that he's producing for this team and that's what he has been doing over his last 11 games Lindor's hitting 311 400 600 with two doubles a triple three homers and 14 runs batted in according to Michael Barron of Just Mets this Type of production is huge for the Mets, and it doesn't really matter to me what the other MLB shortstops are doing. What matters is that Lindor's doing it for the Mets, you know, this time, and this is where I'm going to tie a little bit more into the Mets offense as a whole, but, you know, we're at a point now in the season where the pitching's an extremely vulnerable part of this team. You know, in the first month or so of the season in April, the pitching was driving this team. They were spotless, you know. Every pitcher was producing and you know the bullpen was was looking lights out on top of that and that's not to say that the offense wasn't doing anything because the offense was great as well but we're at a point now where due to injuries and and some guys maybe coming back down to earth in you know on the pitching side of the ball which happens every year and you know every You know, every team has people who get off to a hot start, and then, you know, it kind of slows down a little bit, and that happens, and that's not a problem, but it puts the pressure and the emphasis on this offense to perform. And, you know, Lindor hitting the way he's been hitting has been huge for this team. He's a leader. The Mets made a big trade and signed him for a decade. And he had a rough year last year and had this little slump right now. But he's proving that as a team leader, he will be the guy to step up, step up in a big spot, you know, in the eighth inning, down one run with that three-run triple. You know, he he can sh- he can proves that he can be the guy for the Mets. And you know, the Mets have other guys who are producing as well with with Alonzo and McNeil and, you know, as I'm gonna I'm about to get into, uh, basically everyone on this offense has been hitting recently. But it's great to see Lindor as that leader type, as that guy who is the superstar player and he is performing like it right now. Now, continuing just with the Mets' offense, building off of that, this series was a much-needed jolt to the Mets' lineup, which, as I talked about, you know, a couple episodes ago, was sort of hit, were sort of hitting a little lull. They were sort of slowing down a little bit, but the past three games, they've been great. The past three games, they've scored twenty-five runs off of forty-one hits. And this production's not just coming from one or two guys, you know, I'm, I'm talking about Lindor being that leader, but the production is not just coming from him alone. In game one, you had Pete with three hits, JD with four hits. Like I said, every starter on the offense had at least a hit, and six of the nine starters had at least two. You had homers from Pete and McNeil and Canna. In game two, you had Marte with three hits, McNeil with three hits, Escobar, who's been working his way out of a slump with four hits, and in game two, I named the player of the game as Lindor. But those are three guys right there who had even more hits than he did. And then in game three, Lindor with two hits, hitting the homer, you know, showing that this team isn't backing down. And you know, that type of production, as like I just said, with the the pitching, you know, sort of on the mend right now is going to be huge, especially in June. Once the Mets get to June, their schedule gets very, very difficult. So this offense, you know, they've got to stay hot. And this is no, you know, pushover team with San Francisco. They were the best team in baseball last year. And although they've, you know, they hit a bit of a rough patch somewhat recently, you know, this is a good team. So to see that level of production and and to know with the Giants, they have good pitching. It, It was very encouraging to see this team, you know, show out the way they have. And then finally, you know, building off of that point, the the fight that this team has shown in every game and in this series is, it's refreshing, and it's something we haven't seen from the Mets in a long time. On Tuesday, it didn't work out, and it made it even tougher to swallow that the Mets got blown out yesterday, but, you know, the fact that they pulled themselves back in that game, not once, but twice, you know, after losing the lead in the eighth inning, you know, pulling ahead again it shows how much fight this team has and I think something that will go under the radar because the box score won't show it but the Mets yesterday were fighting to the very end in that game they were losing nine nothing and those guys were still playing as hard as they could you had McNeil sliding into the wall just to make a catch and you know he talked about how that was there was never a question because of the score that he would you know, not be going all out for it. Lindor hitting a homer, you know, no one on or anything, but just hitting a homer showing that he's still fighting to the end at at the plate. And again, the bullpen just lights out from the second inning on. I, I don't have much more to say on this other than just it's refreshing, and you love to see it in this team. It feels special. And, you know, despite the fact that they lost two out of three, this was only the second time this season that the Mets have lost two games in a row, which is, again, just mind blowing and shows that this team is able to, you know, put tough losses behind them. You know, take a take, they lose the game and they say, okay, well, how do we win tomorrow? And that's the mentality starts, you know, at the top with, you know, obviously at the very top with Steve Cohen and his. You know, desire to win, and the front office, and you know, especially with Buck Showalter, and in the players themselves. This is just, you know, a whole new culture, and I'm all for it. Looking ahead to this upcoming series, though, the Mets will be taking on the Philadelphia Phillies at home on Friday. It will be Carlos Carrasco up against Zach Eflin, who is one in three with a three six five ERA. Then on Saturday, it will be Taiwan Walker up against Zach Wheeler, who is 3-3 with a 3-3-8 ERA. And on Sunday night, it will be Sunday Night Baseball. There is no one listed for the Mets yet, but whoever pitches for the Mets will go up against Kyle Gibson, who is 3-2 with a 3-9-4 ERA. For the Mets, it will either be David Peterson or Chris Bassett. I think the Mets are just deciding you know, what they want to do in terms of rest and which guy they want to throw out there, but... You know, I'm I'm happy with either of those options, obviously. This will be a big division series. This is the last time the Mets will face the Phillies for a while until August, I believe. They've played the Phillies a lot, but hopefully they can, you know, get some wins here against the divisional opponent. The offense has been playing well for the Phillies these past couple of games. Uh, a few days ago, you know, Bryce Harper hit a, a go-ahead homer in the ninth inning, and they, they handed it to the Braves in the first game of the series that they played and their starting pitching has been strong their bullpen has been shaky so hopefully the Mets can continue hitting hard and and take some advantage of that but you know it's going to be a tough game division series are always tough but you know after losing two here to the Giants this is going to be important for the Mets to get back on track. So that is going to be all for this episode, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I love interacting with other Mets and baseball fans. And you can reach me at my Twitter, at PodMets. Tweet me your thoughts about the Mets, about baseball. I love talking about the sport. So I'd love to hear from you all on Twitter, at PodMets. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. And as always, let's go Mets.